0: Tutorial doing, uh, thought I'd come back on for another Cognitive Biases uh, rundown on what it means for entrepreneurs and how you can make better entrepreneurial decisions today i wanted to talk about two biases. Um, One that is the choice supportive bias which sounds super clunky but we're going to get into what does that really mean in real life and how can you counter it and or use it to your advantage. And then also clustering illusion which I'm suffering from currently so let's start there. So clustering illusion is basically uh, referring to your tendency to uh, want to, or your tendency to actually try to find patterns in the randomness. You see this show up in gamblers. It's always like, okay, well, you know, I won on the second hand, or I won when my left hand was down, and so, you know, surely I'm going to win there. You know, as you see it in sports and superstitions, like every time I have to touch the bat three times, and that's when I know I'm going to hit a home run or a grand slam. This happens all the time. It's a very human condition. It's a way of us making sense of things that seem meaningless and that are in fact random. Uh, and of course, as entrepreneurs, we do this all the time, one, because it literally is our jobs to find patterns, uh, whether we are doing customer validation, and so we're trying to find patterns in customer behavior, customer preferences, or whether we are looking at it um, from a sales perspective, and we think our particular way of approaching sales is either effective or ineffective um, on the basis of, of some things that we may be seeing or some things that we may be observing. So, that said, um, clustering illusion lives everywhere. It's throughout everything, and we can use it to our advantage or not use it to our advantage. So, what do we do? I think one thing, like, of course, with all cognitive biases, uh, rule number one is be aware that you are biased. We are all biased. You, as an individual, as the entrepreneur, you know, you are biased, and that also your customers are biased as well. Once you have awareness of that, really stay focused on really what is your north star what is the metric that you are focused on optimizing obviously that's revenue uh, if you're an entrepreneur but how are you actually achieving that growth and revenue and how can you be sure that you aren't uh sort of chasing fake patterns or following fake patterns in an effort to make sense out of the randomness so one way to do this to actually counter sort of the fake patterns are you know Quantify it as much as possible. Um, you know, what can you do to actually measure um, what's happening and be able to then we have a baseline and then be able to track to see what's actually occurring? There's a famous Peter Drucker quote that basically refers to you can't fix what you can't measure. And so the first key to really getting your business started and off the ground is measure as much as possible, track as much as possible, so you can shorten basically your learning time. Like this is the premise underlying Lean Startup, and it's the premise, frankly, that should be underlining any business, whether you are a tech startup or a service-based business. So once you get to a point where you are aware of your bias you are measuring really the activity that's what's going on the third point is, is that you want to test that if you find a pattern it's not just enough to say hey I found the pattern and then continue on with business as usual and then not and then basically be impervious to what the results are after you make decisions on the basis of that pattern you really want to test those assumptions because again simply because you found a pattern does not mean that it is valid so what are ways that I do this in my own business, following well, these three steps, like, of course, the awareness, hey, I'm talking about cognitive biases right now, and I'll be the first to own up to you when I realize that I'm trying to make sense out of the randomness and find a common thread, um, because that's just how my mind works. I work on optimizing processes and systems. And so the first is kind of question patterns that I think that I found The second is, is that I try to quantify it as much as possible. So if I think that my, you know, my approach to customer acquisition, if I see that there's a pattern in how I'm approaching customers, whether it's that I think that, oh, I'm going to approach customers on Instagram because that's the best way to find them. Well, even if I find that, I really want to quantify that. I want to compare that customer acquisition strategy to something else that I'm doing and see if there's a differential. When I approach my customers over email versus when I approach them on Instagram, is that actually is one better than the other? That's a quantification piece of it. And then the third piece of it is to the extent that I find a pattern in that behavior that I want to then at least devote some of my resources for a limited amount of time focus on that limited amount of time. You want to what's called time box this. And so I say, oh, I think my theory is that, you know, my hypothesis is that I'm better at acquiring customers on Instagram. So therefore I'm going to focus all of my customer strategies, customer acquisition strategies on Instagram for the next two weeks and see over a two week period how many customers I acquire in that two week period versus another two week period and see if that is in fact the case. If I'm not dividing my efforts and rather centering and and focusing all of my resources on this channel, does that in fact work? So that's one way that you can do that as an entrepreneur to kind of disrupt your clustering illusion in terms of finding patterns and randomness to be sure that you have actually found a real valid pattern that is actually moving you towards your goals. So I wanted to talk about choice-supportive bias afterwards because it actually is really related to clustering. If clustering is your attempt to make sense out of randomness by finding a pattern, choice-supportive bias is it literally means just that. It means that when you make a choice, you tend to view it in this rosy gold halo, um, and you don't really see the flaws in it. So I really like to, you know, in my consulting clients, I see this a lot when, you know, you know, I'll advise on a particular strategy, but then when the client is really looking at what they've been doing and the fact that they've been doing it for a long time, or that such and such person in the company really, um, you know, really thought about this and they've worked on it a long time and invested a lot of resources in it, which also is a reflection of sunk cost bias, which we'll talk about later. Um, but it's this idea that once you make a choice, it seems inherently better and the flaws seem to be oh so minimal simply because you've chosen this thing. So... Like what I was referring to when it happens in a company I call it like marrying your baby basically it means that an idea that someone has come up with an approach that has been done is never going to leave simply because the company has chosen to do it so definitely as an entrepreneur don't your baby if anything don't marry and in this case the baby being the solution you don't want to marry your solution you want to marry the problem because the fact of the matter is is that no matter how much of a genius you are and the ideas that you come up with once those ideas get out in the marketplace, they will change. It's just an inevitability. And not only will they change when you introduce it to the market, they'll actually change as they continue being out in the marketplace. And as your customers interact with you, they will tell you and they will show you how your idea needs to change. And if you don't change with it, guess what? Your customers will leave you. So in order to not Marry your solution, think about how you can marry the problem. How can you continuously be enthusiastic about thoroughly understanding thoroughly empathizing the challenges or the needs that your customer is facing and really try to again be immersed in how you can think of all of the ways that you can address those needs and those challenges from the point in time you 're interacting with them until sort of you no defined time in the future so those are the two biases I wanted to chat about today clustering and choice supportive bias um I would love to hear if if you so are so inclined I think you can um call in, I'm still learning anchor, but if you'd like to call in and chat about, you know, if you have found yourself subject to clustering or choice supportive biases, like what you have done to kind of counter those in your business, or if you haven't found a way to do that, I'd really love to hear what your specific challenge is and address your Q&A, hopefully on the next anchor. Um, But with that, have a great day and I'll be back shortly with more cognitive biases in entrepreneurship. Bye.